He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Well, I'm going to take advantage of this Sunday, since it's Fish Story Sunday, so I can tell you a story about my father. My father was an avid fisherman. He was faithful to go out as much as he could and fish, because for him, fishing had medicinal properties. Well, one, and he did tell lots of fish stories. <clears throat> but one particular time he went out to fish, he was surf fishing, where you have to go with the big, tall boat boots and go out into the shallow water and cast your line as far as you can. And on this particular day, my father caught two, two huge, redfish. He was so excited that he made the, them take a picture of him, and he stood there with the fish's mouth in his hand so that everyone could see how big the fish were and his great big smile on his face. Now, I think that story has a lot more to do with just taking a picture of him and his big fish. I think there is something about that would validate for him all those fish stories that he's told all his life. So today, we're going to read about Jonah and the fish. And I think that, just like my father, this story is more than about just a fish. So the reading that we did today starts in the middle of the story. So I would like to spend some time catching you up to where we are in our reading and then give you some follow-up. So God came to Jonah and told him to go to Nineveh, the city of the Assyrians. Now, I think Jonah was totally offended and said to himself, I'm not going to that place. Those are evil, wicked people. And he didn't. He took off, found a boat, and was going to Tarshish. Well, now Tarshish is way over in the southern Spain near Gibraltar. And Nineveh is way over near Mosul, Iraq. So he takes off, and he takes off because he wants to get away from God. So he goes on a boat, and God causes a storm. And the storm is so severe that the boat is about to crash. And so the sailors try and throw things over the, over the side of the, of the boat to make it lighter so they can manage it, but they can't. And so they're terribly trying quickly to find a way to get out of the storm. And there is Jonah asleep at the bottom of the boat, totally unworried. So they say, get up, get up. We're in a storm. Who are you? 
where do you come from? Because they had already prayed to all their gods. So he says, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the God who created heaven and earth and the sea. And I can imagine those sailors' attitude about what? You wanted, you worship a god of the sea and you go into the sea and you don't pay attention to the storm? Well, anyway, as the story goes, they eventually throw Jonah over the side. The sea is calm and they're okay. And Jonah is swallowed up by the big fish. It's not a whale. It's a big fish, swallowed up by fish for three days and three nights. And during that time, he says a prayer to God, saying that I know God hears my pleas. So it's a prayer of thanksgiving that God hears, but he is not totally ready to make sure that everyone has access to God's grace. And so... Now we're to the part where he's back on line, back on land. The fish has spewed him out. Can you visualize being spewed out onto the beach? And God says, I'm asking you again, get up, go to the great city, Nineveh, and proclaim to the city the message I will tell you. So this time... Jonah goes, reluctantly, not happily, not with a lot of spirit, but he goes. He gets about a third of the way into the city, and he starts proclaiming. He says, 40 days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And miracle of miracles, he was absolutely successful. The people believed in God. They believed that God was the hand in which they would, would cause them this calamity to come. And so they changed their ways. Even the king changes his ways. And he makes a big uh, proclamation that the human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth and they shall cry mightily to God. They shall cry, I shall return from their evil ways and from, a, them a violent, a, from the violence that is in their hands. Because who knows? God may relent and change his mind. And so God sees that the people had changed, and he does change his mind. He relents and does not cause, cause the calamity to happen. Which is a good story but it's not over because Jonah was angry. He said, why did you make me go when you, were, you are a good and loving God? You are one that is slow to anger and abounding in goodness. Why did you make me come to this country? Why don't you just kill me? Why don't you just uh, <clears throat> let me die. And God says to him, is it right for you to be angry? But Jonah continues. He goes out to the edge of the city, sits down, builds him a house, and he's going to watch what happens in the city. And my idea is that he's going to watch and see 
if they fall from their way. And then he again can say to God, I told you so. The Lord sends a bush to give him shade one night, and the next night he sends a worm so that it dies. And Jonah is very angry. He just says, why don't you just kill me? It's better for me to die than to live. And God asked him, you were so worried about that bush. Shouldn't I, the creator of all things, be concerned about the thousands of people that live in Nineveh? Those that don't know whether they're coming or going, right from wrong. Now, as I read this story, the thought came to me that, you know what I think? I think Jesus is a perfect Jonah. And so I went back and I thought about it. It's a wonderful story about God's grace, but I think it's a wonderful story of faithfulness. It's a wonderful story to figure out to whom are we faithful and how do we be faithful. So we have this story of Jonah. He refused to follow God's call. God continued to follow him, and he eventually, he eventually gave up and gave thanks to God and gave sacrifices and made a vow to God. And then when God asked him for the second time, he goes. And he's successful. But he's still angry. He's angry because he thinks that they did not deserve to receive God's grace. And God says, if you... Isn't my grace more important than worrying about a bush? And so faithfulness becomes the idea of trust. Trust in God. Trust in a God that is in charge. And so we have Jonah on one side who turns away from God, reluctantly does what he says only after God chased him down. And then he's not even happy that God saved a whole city. He's angry. And then there's Jesus. Jesus, too, was called, but he went. He was called at his baptism when God said, This is my son, the beloved of him I am well pleased. And then Jesus goes to proclaim the good news of God. Jonah says no. Jesus says yes, I will go. So when we're told Mark, <clears throat> we're told that Mark, in Mark that after John was arrested, Jesus began proclaiming the good news of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Repent and believe. 
Be faithful in your trust for God. Just as Jesus then gathered his disciples, and he gathered his disciples and he said, follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. I will, you will follow me and I will make you seek others. To seek others where they are, where you're mending your nets, where you're working as a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a truck driver, or a grocery worker or a cleaning, wherever you are, you follow God by seeking others. So we're to follow Jesus, to faithfully follow as Jesus faithfully followed the God of love. And rather than place our people in peril, as Jonah did, we're to heal and feed and comfort. We are to faithfully follow even when things are difficult. Even when we think God is wrong. Even when we don't understand why. Even when we see no fairness. But we faithfully follow a God who dispenses justice with grace. We are to follow the example of a faithful Christ. We are to follow our God of love, our God who is ever-present to guide, a God that we can trust will lead us and deliver us. So we had an example Jonah chose to follow self, to be angry, to walk away from God, to be lost in aloneness. But Jesus calls us to trust in a God who mercifully woos us, to be faithfully, to be first, he is faithfully to us. Just as Jesus faithfully loved God. He loved God so much that even in great pain on the cross, when all seemed lost, Jesus gave himself that we might have life, have it abundantly. Never once did Jesus defy God. Never once did Jesus disobey God. Never once did he question why, except to say, not my will, but thy will be done. So our question is, where does our faithfulness lie? Does it lie steadfast upon the God, the rock, and our salvation? Or it, does it does our faithfulness lie within the aloneness of self in anger, disappointment, and loss? So can we say our faith lies upon the steadfast love that belongs to God? Can we say our faithfulness cannot be shaken, for we follow the one who faithfully followed God all the way to the cross? Faithfulness is trusting God. Faithfulness 
is following Jesus. Following Jesus, seeking others to share and proclaim the good news of God. Amen.